yeah we are back I feel like a month feels too long I know it was so long I kept looking at my calendar I'm like we should be we should be recording a podcast like oh no not for another couple weeks I blocked it last week on my calendar and then I was like nope that's not the last week of November it's next week (laughs) I know I did you see um that text I sent you someone in a pelvic health group was asking for podcasts and ours uh came up and I was like we've made it (laughs) I responded I was like oh my gosh thank you I'm just shocked that people like to be a part of our conversation (laughs) the more that I like see what's happening in like pelvic floor world and like who are the the names in the pelvic floor world is I think sometimes we can think like, oh, why would I put my voice out there? Because there's the Nicole Cozines who are, you know, running an empire or Vagina Whisperer who like have this, like seem like they have it all covered. But I think what this tells me is that there's room, there's room for anyone who has an opinion about public health or anyone who has a passion for this. If they want to put themselves out there, like, put yourself out there and go for it and do it because I think, yeah, there's room for everyone and that we all, we all rise together when we all, you know, connect and um, shifting away from that, like competition mindset, I think is, is really liberating. Yeah. It's like joining the conversation and who you vibe with. Like there are some really popular PTs that we don't like (laughs) or other ones that we really like um and they can know like every detail on pelvic health in the world but if you don't vibe with them you're not going to learn much from them like being able to listen to someone talk yeah that's huge like that is huge because my attention span is zero it's why yeah. I like 10 second videos on Instagram. Like it literally because my attention span doesn't go longer than that for consuming media. And so if I try a new podcast within 10 seconds, I can tell if I can listen to it or not. Yep. Me too. The sound quality <laughs> and their voice. Yeah. And so if someone else comes onto our podcast and within 10 seconds is like, no, thank you. That doesn't really offend me. No, because I, think I can't that... barely even listen to my own voice. So I'm impressed <laughs> that anyone like, wants to listen to it. Right. It's so funny. I will sometimes listen to our podcast episodes start to finish. And like, I can stay engaged. And other times I start listening and I'm like, I can't, I can't yeah. listen to myself. Or like, I remember what I said and I like, oh, I'm making myself cringe. I can't. It's so weird to like, listen back. But yeah, so there are, are all these experts in the world and vibing and like being able to like listen and absorb and learn from them is huge similarly like finding a pt you could find like the best pt in the world that's super recommended but then if you meet them and you're like oh boy i don't feel the connection here like they're not listening to me whatever Mm. whatever then you're probably not going to get a whole lot out of treatment if you don't establish that relationship Hi, and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. 
and our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, yeah, today's theme of the episode is how do you know if you're going to really vibe with your provider? And I think um, in terms of like pelvic health, that could that could be, be even beyond pelvic floor physical therapist is do you vibe with your GYN? Do you vibe with your urologist if you have one? Do you vibe with your primary care doctor, your midwife or um, and being able to how can we identify if if we feel like we're going to be a good fit? So if you think back to your medical providers, do you have instances where you had that, oh yes, like I found someone moment? Let me think. I can think of two that I had. One was, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember her name. We both went to her. Oh, what was her name? I <laughs> loved her. Kathleen. Kathleen. Yeah, I She was a her. great yeah. primary care provider yeah. and yeah. I took all my kids there and um, I think Owen had an ear infection and I'm not like super excited about antibiotics. So when she mentioned, like she didn't even mention antibiotics, I think she was picking up like what my thoughts were on that. But she was like, have you tried a chiropractor? I just had that moment of like, oh my gosh, you're the first yeah. one ever to recommend something outside of antibiotics. Given uh-huh. he did not, he followed, like he didn't have a double ear infection. He was over the age of two. Like it yeah. was. Well, and what I loved about her is she would come with like a paper in hand. She'd yeah. be like, this is the benefit of watchful or this here's watchful waiting. Here's other adjunctive care versus using antibiotics. So the education um, piece, like yeah, she, she took had the time. Education. She had the the research to back her up. She had this evidence, like it was sort of evidence informed practice. She knew with my son, he had all sorts of like food allergies and things we had been investigating when he had that like um, infected lymph node that got really bad. And she was like, let's from now on, let's just do like one of his vaccinations at a time. And like, she brought it up. And I was just like, thank you. Like, I'm not, I want him to be, you know, I want him to be protected from, from these illnesses, but I'm just nervous about how his system is going to respond to a five at one time. And so she was like, like, it felt so relieving for her to already be on the same track of me versus going in fighting. Yeah. Right. Going in, knowing that you're going to have to have your guard up doesn't feel good to your to your system. No. And that brings me to like my worst experience was when I was doing like the pre-op appointments for tongue tie releases with my kids. I forget who it was, but it was this old man doctor who was definitely had his opinion. And I respect that he had his opinion, but he was like bullying Like he, it was like aggressive. And I'm like, Hey, listen, I've done my research. I know what I want. I know both sides. Like I know the risks involved with this. I'm not asking you for permission. I want you to just put down that they are good to go under anesthesia and like they're healthy and like, you don't have to think about it again. And I left there so angry. I was Mm -hmm. just like, he didn't hear me. He did not hear a word I said, so that doesn't feel good. Yeah, that's why I switched camp to Kathleen was because it was just a well-child check I was taking to camp two right before his tongue tie release. So I just casually brought it up. I didn't even, I wasn't asking permission. (laughs) 
I was just saying, oh, you know, this is going on with feeding. I think he was like three or three and a half months. This is what's going on with feeding. I've seen a, a lactation consultant. We've done body work, but we're moving forward with this procedure because X, Y, Z. And yeah, she came down so hard of like, he can stick, stick his tongue out. He's, he's sitting there with his tongue, mouth open, tongue hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> he can stick his tongue out. That's totally normal. Like, no, actually that's low tongue posture. Um, <laughs> and that's mouth breathing, which are both really suboptimal for the health of my child. And so um, he's also has very limited neck range of motion is, is struggling in tummy time. Like you have not, you don't even, you don't even get to talk to me about this yeah. <laughs> because you don't know enough. What is the, like the Theron Swanson? Like, I know more than you. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was just so yeah. infuriated that she's like, you're hurting your child. Oh, and I was like, okay, that's your opinion. I, I don't accept it. And we're never coming back here again. Yeah. I, like, so like not feeling heard and like your opinions matter. I feel like is the primary like top tier thing that frustrates people. And you hear about it all the time. Yeah. I think and, something that I, was really cool. And I think something that I maybe instinctually did anyways. And I think you'd also do instinctually. But I was at the doula training course that I did was that the role of the doula is not to make decisions for the client. The role of the doula is to help the individual feel supported in whatever decision that they make. Mm -hmm. And that I'm with you. I'm with you no matter what. And what the research shows about doulas, even if someone has no training in birth or being a doula, but there is an assigned person to the birther to just be there, literally do nothing else other than be there and your role is exclusively to be there for that person the outcomes of all types improve so like that's what they kept saying in the doula training was like if you forget everything in this class and you show up to a birth and you just literally stand there like with your finger in your nose you're helping that person feeling supported yeah. feeling seen yeah. yeah and providing like non-judgmental care and support and and they said that that doesn't mean that you can't set boundaries right so like if you don't feel comfortable supporting um hospital birth or you don't feel comfortable going into a cesarean then you don't you can set that boundary with the client before or you don't feel comfortable attending a home birth you don't have to do that but yeah once you're once you're you take on a client is your nose right <laughs> My nose is running so bad. You're going down with the with the thing. That it... I think my body is flushing all the germs it's fought this last mm. week because I don't have any other symptoms but like a stuffy head and a really runny nose. Like yeah. no sore throat, no fever, no nothing. Oh, um, but yeah, just like just being open and listening. I think that's like a really forgotten thing. Do you think there are any specific credentials that a pelvic health physical therapist should have and that that people should watch for when they're looking for a pelvic PT. Well, I think they need to have like internal training if they're doing yeah. internal exams. There was this, oh, it must have been, we we're in the blue house. So it was four years ago, five years ago in one of our face pelvic floor face group book groups, there was like a massage therapist that was promoting like vaginal massage it was like real sketchy and everyone was like what in the world it was just like yeah that is like totally not okay so 
Most, I would say most people who say they're a pelvic floor PT have had training, but there's two main courses. The APTA, is that just like women's health? Yeah. Like level one? How the APTA still calls it the women's health section really needs to change. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be like pelvic health for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then Herman and WCS. What? Herman and Wallace is the other yeah. one. So I those two evidence are the main. In, evidence in motion now has public health training like oh, intro nice. courses okay. as well. Okay. So like asking or, I mean, I feel like it should be on like their bio or website or yeah. whatever. Like you should be putting out your training on those methods, but don't ever be afraid to ask. Like, I love yeah. when people ask questions. So here in, in Minneapolis, health groups are a big, a big thing. So what will happen is doctors will actually get in trouble if they refer outside of their health network. So if is you that go an to, insurance thing or what, or is it's that like, like a like health a... group thing? So if you, if your health group is health group X, um, in that health group network, they have physical therapists, they have occupational therapists, they have mental health therapists, and so um, they have all sorts of other specialists. So X company, you need to refer within that health group in order to not get in trouble. But in trouble by who? Your management. So, so like, like the company, the company, like a healthcare company, not yeah, like insurance not like company. Legally. No, no. So like a healthcare company, okay. healthcare company. Mm. So, so I had a client the other day who was then referred like within that health network for pelvic floor physical therapy to a clinic that didn't offer pelvic floor physical therapy. Right. And so <sighs> she was like, they don't have a pelvic floor physical therapist. And also I want to choose where I go. I don't really necessarily want to just fall in that system because in that case, there usually is no bios. There's no, you don't know anything about that therapist. You just show up and you get what you, what you get, which, you know, largely most pelvic floor PTs that I've met. And I'll always say this is that usually we're, we're good people. (laughs) (laughs) Usually we, you know, we are inquisitive. We want to learn more. We're, but Sometimes it's not that that's the problem. It's the system in which we're we're put in where we maybe have short amount of time with clients or that we're really burned out or, you know, those types of things that influence the quality of care that you receive. Oh, yeah. The environment and the company in which any healthcare provider works is going to largely determine how you feel when you just go in there. Like if you go in there and it's you know, you don't recognize the front desk staff or, you know, it's super busy or you're just put with any provider and you don't like stick with one, you know, like it's just, where is the continuity? Like I'm going to this random person. They don't know my history. They don't know whatever. And that model comes out of the insurance influences that you need to see as many people as you can in a day. They need as many codes to bill to make money. And so, yes, you know, that is the environment a lot of people get stuck with based on their insurance plan, but just knowing and recognizing like, so if you're in that setting, maybe ask the front desk when you schedule, like, can I just stick with so-and-so voice your needs, you know, don't just fall into the system because there is wiggle room. They can change things if they want to. Well, and also remembering like your 
still paying for this thing. You are the customer. Like even yeah. when, like even when you use your insurance, it's not like oh, this is some free thing. Like no, no, you you pay your premium and you pay your copays or you pay your deductible. So you are paying to consume this healthcare, and so to then just go in it with it with a very lackadaisical attitude of like oh, I got what I got because this was free, is is not true because you and I both worked in network with insurance for a long time and Uh provided high level of care for Uh everyone who walked in the door and regardless of their insurance regardless of how much we were getting reimbursed for that because we didn't know right and so it doesn't always necessarily mean mean that it's like oh insurance system or not insurance system that's going to dictate the quality of that but the company we worked for was small and they did set us up for like one hour treatment slots like we did we were in a system that like complemented that whereas like I think big hospital systems are very different yeah I think even within even within the system you can find right lights of of therapists who are going to be able to provide high quality care even in a shorter appointment time or even with the constraints of their their setup Mm -hmm. um And so it was really interesting when I put it in my stories and asked like, what would make a pelvic PT feel like a good fit or what makes a pelvic PT feel like a good fit to you? And really none of them talked about specific training, specific skill level outside of like looks at my whole body, understands how it all puts together. But like the most popular option was like, makes me feel hopeful, Uh makes me feel feel safe, educates me about what's what we're doing, continued consent, like listen came up a whole bunch of things. It's so um, huge. And then like personality matches is willing to like adjust if something's not working or like investigate if things aren't following the the normal the normal path. I think that's like so so telling. One of the the best ones here was that like helping me work through potentially unreasonable goals with more reasonable, like with more reasonable steps in between. And so that comes from being able to, to list, listen, um, managing expectations. So like, I feel like you have the provider and the client and the client, they hold the hopes and dreams, right? Like they don't know the clinical side, but they know what their body feels like. They know what they've done in the past. They know what they want to get to. Whereas the provider holds like the, the knowledge on anatomy and physiology and expectations with healing and has seen the bigger picture and multiple people with these diagnoses. So like to blend them, the client has to be able to say like, I, you know, I love when people come in with specific goals and we'd be like, great, like, that's awesome. That fast tracks us versus like coming in and being like, I don't know, whatever you think. And I'm like, (laughs) I appreciate the creative permission here, but I need to know what you want to be able to do because it's your body and I can give you what I think But if it doesn't resonate with you, if you don't enjoy those exercises, if they don't help your symptoms, it's not going to help you. Like you you gotta, you gotta give me something to work with. So like mending the two perspectives is huge. Yeah. You've got to be a team. We're, we're a team here and I need you to feel like 
you're pulling your weight and I'm pulling my weight and we we both are are working together to turn turn the wheels of progress and and um that doesn't mean that like I I feel like that comes up a lot as like oh well I'm as a physical therapist I I gave them everything I knew and I would did a great job but they just didn't do their homework at home so that's why they didn't have success like well no that's not it either (laughs) right have you ever um had to end a relationship with a client Ooh, like ever or since owning my own practice uh ever I guess there was one there was one that I didn't that I can remember that I didn't specifically officially end but I definitely distanced myself because I was uncomfortable this was not pelvic health this was just like regular ortho Mm -hmm. and it was just like too much like he was just like too much and I'm just like all right (laughs) um the the line between client provider relationship is being very blurred I'm not going to go to your kid's birthday party you know like just like it it was it was just not I don't know I didn't feel comfortable so I definitely like started to to distance myself from that and be less responsive Mm -hmm. but that's the only one I can think of right now yeah I had I had a client call there was like this continuous questioning of every single thing that we were doing every single thing and then you know get through the appointment appointment is good and then a phone call after of like oh I'm not sure I can do this I think maybe blah 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 is there anything else that you do this is you know and so then finally it was like I just don't think this is a good fit for both of us mm-hmm. I don't think and this that's is- okay and I was like I know I have no I have no issues with that what I'm telling you what I offer and I'm telling you how I do it and how it works and if you are receptive to that fantastic I'm not going to do something that I don't really know that much about so they really wanted like myofascial release I'm like I don't do myofascial release so I I, I, like and pretending you did would be a disservice right because you are not comfortable in that area okay so was this person I'm like immediately thinking like trust issues trauma or anxiety uh, all of them. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, that could be, that can be really hard, especially if people have been like burned in their past or like had a terrible experience previously with like a health professional. And then like, now they're asking and they, they like want to get consent and they want to know what's going on. And that's great. You should know what's going on, but there's also a level of trust. Like when you find someone you vibe with, it's like, okay, I'm trusting you with my health journey and I'm trusting you to make some decisions or like inform me to make decisions to get Mm -hmm. me to my goals and if you can't trust someone um you're gonna be spinning your wheels for indefinitely yeah yeah and it just yeah it was just not not feeling like a positive relationship and so like from my end and from their end and I think uh, I provided them with a lot of other therapists that I know locally who I think would would be a good, a better, better fit. And I think that has come out of a lot of uh, personal growth and that I think historically I would have really continued to like struggle through that relationship and go into a real toxic relationship with that type of, of client if, both ways and yeah I fit and and like I'm getting better at being cool with that because at the end of the day we're all people 
and people are very complicated and there is not like an algorithm that's going to find you the most perfect therapist. Like you have to kind of maybe try some out before you find. Mm -hmm. Um, But I used to like when we were at the clinic, like when we were working at the clinic and we just kind of, we were a part of a system that you just saw whoever, like it was more global. We saw all kinds of things. It wasn't just pelvic health. And you know, you have that feeling of like people coming to their appointment and you're like, yes, like this is like going to be a good hour, you know? And now I have that. Oh, all the time. Everybody that I oh, see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's like the best part of my job because by word of mouth is how I get people. I don't, I'm scared to advertise because yeah, don't I don't to want to draw in people that don't know who I am right. and how I work. And so like word of mouth has been amazing. Cause like, it's like, Oh, I heard so-and-so I'm like, great. Like this is going to be good. Cause they're already like coming to you, like watching your Instagram or whatever connection they've already developed some level of trust in that you might be a good fit. And they're like giving it a shot, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, 90, I'd say like 98% of the time it is, or like 99.9. Yeah, It's like yeah. in those, it's also being able to recognize it when it's in that 1%. And that particular case, I should have identified it in our phone call, like in our discovery call. And I did, like, I remember getting off that call and being like, I got, I got bad feelings about this. Yeah. Um, but then like, didn't listen to that didn't listen to that voice and and decided to go forward and yeah, yeah I think so uh, I feel like the relationships we develop it's like my favorite part of what we do and oh yeah I love no like I feel like in particularly in public health is like you get to know people's life and situation we have time together and 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 yeah that is invaluable that is an invaluable part of that relationship and and even in the like mentorship group it has come up like you don't need to know everything in order to do well right kind of like the doula situation is like you're here you're listening you're validating their experience you are assessing their body you're educating them on their body that alone is skilled therapy being able to identify the pathomechanics of their hip and dive deep into PRI concepts and pick the right exercises and progress them in the correct way. Like that's icing. Yeah. That is icing on a nice cake. I think a lot of times PTs think they haven't, they don't know enough. So we like take another course, take more continuing ed, take all this continuing, consume all of this continuing education, but you forget how good you already are or aren't flexing those muscles enough. You're not flexing the the relationship muscle. You're not flexing the connecting muscle and that that is really what creates good therapeutic relationships um, and allows your system to feel regulated enough in order to then interpret what you're evaluating right like Mm -hmm. so i'm about to do go to nebraska do this prc i think advanced integration is gonna be good so we'll have like four days of like deep pri and then like i'll be able to like i won't have kids there so i'll be able to like study a little bit it's so weird because like you have what six days six seven yes six six days yeah Yeah. you're in like a hotel room by yourself And like you go and get to learn all day and like talk and mingle and whatever. 
And then you like go to the hotel room and it's like, oh my gosh, like I can watch whatever TV show I want. I, <laughs> I can like take a bath if I want. <laughs> like, it's yeah. Just... And then you can study there. Your mind will probably, your. I was like just too exhausted by the end of the day to yeah. study a lot. But whatever they talked about like that day, like kind of going and just picking out certain things that were like oh I need to like read on that it's exhausting but so invigorating because it's just like that alone time is really nice I haven't slept through the night in a long time why like my kids oh okay (laughs) of course course. I'm literally giddy with excitement about (laughs) I probably won't be able to sleep all night I'll probably be up in the middle of the night just because I'm used to it. Oh my gosh, it'll be but so amazing. I've never met Ron. Like, I've never taken a class with Ron. You've never met Ron? I've never met Ron. Holy shit. And so, I, like, I think your, st- your style and my style is like, let's, let's be cool. It's more creative. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. We take some creative liberties. <laughs> Or like, so like one of my favorite exercises with people with pelvic floor issues and T4 is short-seated balloon or like short-seated reach. Right, yeah. Right? I use that a lot. It does break the rules. Yeah. Okay? I know that it breaks PRI rules. But I was like, I have the added benefit of if I'm giving that to a client, I've assessed their pelvic floor. Uh-huh. So like, I'm not going to give it to someone whose organs are bulging out the bottom. But like, like I'm, I am consciously breaking that rule uh-huh. or like sometimes when you bring someone upright too early, like upright before their lift scores are okay. It's like, I'm doing that intentionally I'm so, doing that because I want to see if I can push them into that with more input without or staying stuck in this cycle. You're, you're taking more than just, yeah. If you give me a client and you guarantee that I'm going to have 12 visits with them, life's not going to get in the way. They're not going to move. Insurance isn't going to go out, whatever. Sure. I'll progress as I need to like throughout those visits, but you give me someone, I don't know how much time I have with them. I don't know like how they're going to receive what I have to say. So if their goal is to get back to lifting or running, yeah, you have to incorporate. I'm, or they're doing it anyway. Or they're doing it anyway. I'm going to give them some upright stuff before they're probably ready to plant the seed. It's not like, oh, you do this exercise and oh, voila, you've nailed it. You know every part of that exercise. It's magic. No, it's a process. Like you have to play with the exercises. You have to feel things. You have to like, and it's like an onion. You're like peeling an onion. So the more layers you take off, the more you're going to discover about that exercise. So it's like, no, I'm not going to like wait until they're over a three out of five on the lift score to get them upright. Yeah, so I'm curious if like that perspective is going to run into like, you know, conflict. But that's life. That's the life we live as PTs. It's not perfect. We have to be able to take like a, a concept or a theory or a framework that you're working with and apply it to a real human being that has all these different variables in them mm-hmm. and be as effective as you can as quickly as you can, you know, right. like, right. But, but I think there has been the biggest breakthroughs with clients where you have these like big time major responses when you do kind of push the boundary of like what's legal, right? 
I find a lot of like I'll I'll often like lately I feel like is it get into sideline with hip extension like way sooner than I like should right because we are living upright and we're living right. in hip extension and so the sooner that person can learn how to control that um, and I find like hip extension helps them like integrate their thorax a little bit faster and so I'm like yeah break that rule sometimes <laughs> or but like- also I know what I'm looking for when I should not give that exercise. Right. So like if we're in like a standard supported, let's say we're like standard, like supported standing on the wall, like a wall reach. If they can't feel abs and hamstrings, because that's probably why I'm giving it to them to feel right. hamstrings and standing, then mm, I might not. If their pubic pain gets worse, Right. In that exercise, I'm not going to give them that exercise, (laughs) you know, or like even if they're doing, but you see this even like with the sideline glute meat, if they're feeling it in their IT band or in their obturator, like that deep butt, something's not right. And you don't want to like generate a deeper pattern by giving it to them. So it's like, yes, I know why they teach it because you need black and white when you teach people things to give you a foundation and give you a framework but then the more you work with it and the more you see people it, you can definitely like get more creative because you know kind of the nuances of what you're working with yeah or i've even had times where like i think i'm killing it with a program right i'm like oh this is it this is like what i'm supposed to do i like tested all these things this is the perfect exercise and then the person's doing it and they're like i can't i don't like it Sometimes it's because their nervous system doesn't like it because it's maybe what it needs. But I'm also not going to be like, if you don't do this one at home, (laughs) you're not going to get better. Like, okay, fine. Let's take this idea. Let's take this concept. Let's jump back in the folder and see what else is in there um, Mm -hmm. that might connect with your body better than something else. Like there's lots of exercises we can play with. It doesn't mean that we're, you know, married to that one. For sure. What is one thing that you appreciate from clients to help you move them forward? That I appreciate? Yeah, like as a provider that you appreciate from them, like a trait or... I just appreciate like honesty. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Like if something's not working... Yeah. Tell tell me. me. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, you know what? I just like, I'm having a bad week. Like, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it. So I had a client the other day, I who or not on maybe two weeks ago now. I love, she's amazing. She's like, she's just staying on top of her recovery. She's doing really good. Everything's going really well, but she just like checks in and like, she's a great, a great client. And we were, we were working on some more complicated stuff. She's doing good. And then she was just like, she just stops. And she's like, I'm just having a hard time to, <laughs> oh, I'm just having a hard time feeling all the things you're telling me to feel. Cause like, she's doing it right. Like we were doing some like standing, like table supported, like, right. Um, like hip left hip shift, picking up the right knee and then bringing the right arm back. Like we were doing some, some harder stuff. And she's like, I know, like, I can feel it. I know what you're telling me to do. I'm just, I'm just having a hard time really feeling like embodied, like in it. And I was like, thank you. Great. 
So we ended up going into like some just neck inhibition work and like some just breathing work. And she was like, oh, yes. That's exactly what my mind, where my mind was going. I would have just done. I just felt like this, my brain and my ears and my body was just like, I couldn't get past that to feel like what I need to feel in the rest of my body. And we had like a great rest of like the session was great. And so, yeah, I encourage people to speak, speak up on that. Like what I'm offering as an exercise is a suggestion based on like what we tested in your body, but like, yeah, it's okay to not be feeling it. Uh I'm sure you do that with like workouts for yourself or exercise for yourself. Like I know I need my left iliacus, but I just don't want to do it that I just want to do something else. Yeah. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I love when people are honest about how things are going. And on the flip side of that, like not just feeding me like, oh, things are going great. And like things that I want to hear because right. that's not helpful. So if you have a specific exercise or you feel like the types of exercises aren't resonating with you or, yeah. um, whatever like just being honest about that so we can we have the chance to pivot instead of wasting appointments and just trying to like you know let it just like basically uh spinning your wheels it I feel the best PT when I can get people doing what they want to do in the shortest amount of time like the most efficient like that is like my goal is to I'm not a two times a week for eight weeks kind of person like if we can establish this in three visits great I love it mm-hmm. yeah I'm all about like let's do what works for you and don't just tell me what I want to hear like right. if your symptoms really are not getting better I need to know that if you don't you know like yeah yeah um, this is not a like this is about you this is about yeah, you don't need to pad my my ego. Like right. we, and I always tell that to people at the, after their first appointment. Like we usually will pick like two or three things to work on. I'm like, it's okay if you hate this exercise. Like you can come back or you can message me and tell me, you know what? I just something's not right with that. And I'll say, toss it. There are too many exercises. There are too many options. There are too many things we can we can refocus on if that's not happening and that was another thing that came up in that list from from instagram as well was like is willing to like tweak and it and and to not take to not take lack of progress or like a bad week personally right i don't take any of that i don't take any of that personally um because particularly for clients who have small children or have you know busy lives or busy work schedules like shit happens <laughs> and yeah. sometimes our own prioritizing our own healing and our own progress does go on the back burner that doesn't mean that we can't circle back and and re you know reorganize ourselves every pt and provider medical provider you have will have some sort of bias whether that's like what tests they run what exercises they give who they refer to um their plan of care, whatever. Like there's, you're never going to get away from bias when you're working with people. Um, so yeah, I feel like we got it. We dug in pretty well to like the non-tangible 
things to look for outside of like, you know, financial and um, distance to your PT, like how much time yeah. you have, like those are all like, I feel like people instinctually kind of figure out those components mm-hmm. to finding a good PT, but. Yeah. And then so two other things that came up were one, like trying to get their insurance to cover it. So they, they weren't picky. They just wanted their insurance to cover it. And the other one was distance. They live far away. And so the closest one was 20 miles away to which then we say, well, one, maybe insurance isn't always cheaper Uh um, and that there are online options. And so that's also where you can be more, more um, you can get what you want you just sometimes have to take an alternative route to, to get there. So I have one story to close this out. Um, this week, actually, it's a client that we both worked with before and she's newly postpartum. And this was like, this is one of like the best compliments you can get as a PT, but she, I had talked to her right after the baby was born and I've seen her like a handful of times in the last couple of years. She's one of those that'll come like, randomly when she needs tuning up whatever and so she called me and she was like all upset she's like I went to another PT because my insurance was accepted there but it was still a $50 copay and I left in tears because they weren't you and I didn't feel like you know Mm -hmm. she like didn't feel connected and it was just like I'm really sorry that that didn't work out for you on a financial basis. I was just like, well, hopefully we can be really efficient. Just like, oh, you know, you have that relationship already established. Um, and so I'm really happy that I'm going to get to work with her again. But she's like, yeah, we figured it out. And, you know, we'll be able to like make it work and whatever. But so the relationship really is, I feel like a priority over like anything else. Cause even like, I mean, obviously some financial like situations are pretty hard set, but like being able to like have a relationship with your provider, is just, I don't think much else comes close. Yeah. It's invaluable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Find someone you vibe with good vibes only. So it's know your bush. <laughs> Love your bush. Share Share the bushy love. (laughs) You can communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead.